Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Everywhere Jesus went, he changed lives. Wherever he encountered somebody, he left them different than when he found them. I want to ask you a question today. Actually, I'm going to ask you several questions. But let me start with this one. Where are you stuck? Stuck in an attitude? Stuck in the past? Stuck in a time of hurt or shame or guilt? Where are you stuck? Many years ago, my dear friend, Pastor Wayne Cadero, had the opportunity to go with his father, who was serving in the U.S. Army in Japan. They went to a place where a man was, well, he was selling birds in a cage. Wayne's father put some money down and took Wayne over to the edge of a cliff and said, we're going to buy a bird. Wayne got excited. He, He grabbed the cage and he grabbed the bird and started walking back to the car. And the man said, excuse me, that bird's not yours. You see, actually, you've paid a price for the privilege of opening the cage and setting the bird free. Well, Wayne went ahead and got to the edge and let the bird go and watched it fly and brought the cage back to the man. A while ago, an incredible artist by the name of Dan Chen actually made a life-size dream releaser statue. That dream releaser statue lives at New Hope Christian College in Eugene, Oregon. And I was honored to receive one of 23 of these that were made. It was presented to me at the college as they talked about people that were releasing dreams. Oh, I don't see myself like a a major dream releaser by any stretch of the imagination. But what I want you to consider is, where are you caged today? Where are you stuck? And what if God wanted to come down and pay the price for you to be set free? Well, he already did through Jesus Christ. When Christ is on the cross, what's he doing? He's dying for our sins so that we could live in freedom. In John 5, verse 1 to 6, we have a story that says sometime later that Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. And we don't know which one for sure. But now there was in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, and one who had been an invalid there for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for so long, he asked him, do you want to get well? An odd question for someone who's obviously laying there lame next to the edge. You see, it was believed that the pool had an angel that came down and stirred up the water. 
Now we know from archaeological digs that that's a place that actually has an effervescence from the ground, a bubbling up, as it were, a spring of water. And people believe that when the bubbles came up, if you got in the water, that was when the angel was stirring it up, and you would get well. We get this picture that the man did not seek Jesus out, even though Jesus was there. It was Jesus who wanted to have an encounter with him, so he seeks him out. Maybe it was the fact that this man had been disabled the longest and had the greatest need that Jesus picked him out of all the others who were disabled and infirmed. But has it ever hit you? After, after the encounter comes the question, and here it is. Do you desire to get well? My prayer for you would be that in this season of life, nothing would keep you caged, but that God would come somehow miraculously and open the door. But then here's the next part. You have to fly out of the cage. If a bird decides it wants to stay in a cage and doesn't want to be free, if a person decides they want to remain stuck in their stuckness, and not change the attitude or the way that they approach people or how they live or how they believe. You see, physical healing is a big deal, but to God, our eternal souls are so much bigger. And we'll see that in just a moment in this odd question that he asked this lame man. Down in uh, John 5, verse 7 to 9, he says, Sir, The invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. No one helps me. Now, rather than the man saying, yes, heal me, he says, I have no one to help me. Do you want to get well? Well, there's no one to help me. It sounds like an excuse to me, doesn't it? To you, an excuse? Jesus Christ, the healer, is in the presence of this lame man. And this lame man says, while I'm trying to get up, someone else goes down into the water ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. (laughs) I'm opening the door, get out of the cage. And once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and he walked. I love what 2 Peter 1, 3 says, as you get to know Jesus better, he will give you through his great power everything you need for living a truly good life. Let me cut to the chase and just tell you that God wants to, wants to be your dream releaser. He, he wants to come and open the cage and set you free. All of heaven celebrates when one person gives their life over to Christ and becomes saved. Why? Because they're rejoicing in the freedom that's there. I think about marriages today, and I know several, where the husband and the wife are stuck in their stuckness. He doesn't want to change, and she doesn't want to change, and she blames him, and he blames her And Jesus comes and says, do you want to get well? And they say, we have no one to help us. No one. 
or she says it's his fault, and he says it's her fault, and all the while the Holy Spirit is there longing to bring healing and grace and freshness to their lives, and as Peter said, to give them everything they need for a truly good life. You see, Jesus doesn't want us to be defined by our circumstances. He wants us to take our experiences, the good and the bad, and use them to mold us into the people he originally intended. Now, if we take a closer look at the word that Jesus used, when he said to him, do you want to get well, that word is hugios, H-U-G-I-O-S, hugios. What does it mean? It means wholeness. He asked the man, do you want to be made whole? Now, at first glimpse, we could go, yep, he wants to be made whole and have himself be able to walk again, to no longer be lame. But Jesus' word is deeper than his physical healing. He asked the man, do you want to be made whole? Do you want all the fragmented pieces of your life to be put back together? Do you want the cage door to be open and your dreams to be released and your potential in God to be realized? So much of our life is defined by what happens to us or what people say about us. But why not allow Jesus to define us? And I'm going to ask you the question again. Do you want to be made well, hugias, whole, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your heart? You see, life is not to be found outside our various situations or circumstances, but as Jesus encounters us within them. We're talking about Jesus' encounters, and he comes to the midst of our, of our life. Whatever your situation and circumstance is right now, wherever you're stuck, wherever you're locked in, Jesus wants to come and make you whole. He might heal an infirmity in your life. He might answer a prayer, a longing of your soul. But he might do something so deep where you become whole on the inside out. It changes everything about your life. Jesus would say to us today, get off your mat. Well, let me say it. Hey, Bernie. Yeah? Get off your mat. Stand up. Do what God has called you to do. Get up and pick up your mat and walk. John 5, verse 8. And the man now carries his circumstances. They no longer carry him. Let me say it again. This man has laid on the mat, maybe this mat or other mats, for 38 years. And the man now carries his circumstances. They no longer carry him. The first thing I would like you to write down if you're a note taker is that Jesus encounters us to change more than our outward circumstances. Hugios. Not sozo, the word saved or the word healed, but he wants to make us whole. I don't think Jesus was talking about just spiritual or eternal salvation. He was talking about a total life change 
for this man. A quality of life that was available here and now, not just when he was through with life, but all through his life. Let the differences between the two sink in just for a moment. That God wants to bring this close to home right now. That Jesus was teaching that it's possible to believe all the right stuff, have all your sins taken away through his death and his resurrection, and have a guaranteed reserved spot in heaven. Hallelujah. And have the Holy Spirit fill your life and still waste the life on earth that God has given to us because we've chosen to be stuck and bound by our past. Do you want to be whole? You want to be well? You want to be free? To that question, many of us respond, but Jesus, <laughs> I have an excuse. My story is different. You may not totally know the ways I've been hurt, though Jesus knows it all. You may not fully understand the sickness in my marriage. The divorce I went through, it was hell on earth. My family and my family of origin, my economy, my dwindling retirement fund. Or you may not understand what it's like to have our kids go back to school and do it on a computer or a Chromebook. It just doesn't feel right. It's not the memory that I had, one parent said to me. The socialization's not there right now. What is going on with our world, people have said. And the need to be loved and the need to feel important. Why are you asking me if I want to be made whole? You should know that in my case, it's impossible. I have no one to put me in the pool. See, the truth is that Jesus' grace is sufficient. For in Jesus, you can have peace and you can overcome being a victim of your current circumstances. That is what a true encounter with Jesus can do for you. And the question is not, do you know how to become whole? Jesus never asked him that. The question is, do you want to be whole? What a difference. Do you want to become unstuck? Do you want the cage door open? Do you want to be set free? I had someone years ago tell me, Pastor Bernie, I am so accustomed to the issues of my life. They're, they're like my security blanket. They're like a teddy bear that I grab. I just know that my dysfunction is my function. And I just know that the way I am is just so familiar to me. And, and, and if it were to change, I don't know who I would be. And I looked at him and I said, you would be free. <laughs> and whom the son says free is free indeed. I hadn't had the movie Frozen out yet, but it was like I wanted to sing that old song, you know. Let it go, let it go. I mean, come on. Dear ones, what if we let go of things that hold us back? Insecurities, attitudes, the sin that so easily besets us, the temptations that trip us up when God says that he'll make a way for us and we don't take his way out. I think of Jesus when he's dying on the cross. You know the story. There's a criminal on each side of him. 
And one criminal is saying very abusive things to Jesus. And the other stands up for Jesus and says, "Um, would you remember me? And I love this line, when you come into your kingdom, believing that he was the king, believing that he was God, And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. Can I remind you that there's no ounce of judgment coming from Jesus to the thief? Jesus doesn't even rebuke him for saying what he said. Jesus doesn't say, well, um, let me me find out, sir, um, um, what kind of crime did you commit? I I know you're a thief, but what did you steal? How much? What was the value? Whose property was it? Did you run from the law? Have you stolen before? Jesus doesn't even go into the history of the man's criminal activity. Rather, he opens the cage and sets him free. And as that man, think about this, is dying on his own criminal's cross, he has an assurance in his heart. And when this is over, baby, (laughs) I'm going to be standing in the presence of God, all because I believed in Jesus Christ. And anything the man had ever done and anything his parents had done to him or anyone else had done to him didn't matter at that point because Jesus had come, hugias, and made him whole. John 8, 36, so if the Son sets you free, then you are truly free. 2 Corinthians 3, 17, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's exactly what God was bringing in the flesh, Jesus, at the pool of Bethesda. He was giving him liberty. He was setting this lame man free. Here's a question. I told you I was going to ask you several. Has the despair of his situation so overtaken him that he no longer had any aspiration for things to be different? Do you believe it's possible that he had lost aspiration for things to be different in his life? Well, that question is about him. But let me ask it about you. Has the despair that's in your life today, the situation that you're going through, so overtaken you that you have lost any aspiration for things to be different? Someone sent me an email and said, Pastor, I'm just trying to make it every day right now. We've had pandemic. We've had economic downturn. We've had smoke and ash in the air. We've had a heat wave. 2020 has not proven to be a very good year for me. And the question I ask them, I ask it of you. Have we allowed our situations and circumstances to dictate our faith and our trust in God? See, the first step in being made well is to have a desire to get well. Yes, Lord, I'm a candidate to be well. Yes, Lord, I'm a candidate to become unstuck in any area of my life where I've grown stuck. It could be that we are fighting with people instead of fighting for people. 
It could be that we have thin skin and our anger rate is very high. It could be that we have given up hope. Listen, don't give up hope. Let me say it again. Don't give up hope because our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Our hope is built on nothing less than the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have tried and tried and tried to do away with your stuckness or your sickness. You've tried to correct uh, this thing in your life over and over and over again. This thing that's terribly affected you. And you've tried so hard and so many times that you've simply given up your hope. What's the use? And you've climbed back in your cage and you said, I'm done. There's no hope for anybody like me. And I want to tell you today, from the depth of my heart, as I have been praying about this message and about this day and about talking to you, that there is a God of hope that's greater than anything that you face. He's the God that brings us hope in the darkness and hope where everything seems to be hopeless. Why? Because he's still God and he hasn't changed. I love what Max Lucado said. He said, the seized opportunity renders joy. The neglected brings regret. The seized opportunity renders joy, but the neglected brings regret. Could you imagine this lame man who simply said, I have no one to help me. Excuse, excuse, excuse. And what if he would have not allowed Jesus to heal him? You see, Jesus healed the man before the man stood up and picked up his mat and walked. Healing took place. As the man began to rise, he found out that he could walk. But what if he simply laid on his mat and said, leave me alone, Jesus. I've tried. There's nobody here to put me in the water. I've tried to, to edge my way over and Roll myself in, but somebody always gets in ahead of me. Somebody else, somebody else, some, somebody else. An excuse. I have no one to put me in the pool. But Jesus didn't ask the man if he had anybody to put him in the pool. Jesus asked the man, do you wish to get well, whole, full, free, complete? Will you neglect the opportunity that the Lord puts in front of you. And if you neglect it, I promise you, you'll have regret. But if you seize the opportunity that God puts in front of you to receive from him, to be filled by his spirit, to be changed, and if you would seize the opportunity to serve your neighbor, to love your neighbor as yourself, to be generous, to have a heart that gives and serves, if you seize those opportunities, I promise you, there will be no regret at all. The second thing you, I want you to see is the longer a problem persists, the more discouraged and hopeless you become. And everybody should just say, duh, we get it. Drained, tired, exhausted. But Jesus didn't want to hear his excuse. He wanted to hear his faith. Jesus wants to hear your desire to be made well. I don't know where I found this. Somebody had said it years ago. It was in one of my journals, and I wrote it down. You may want to write it down as well. You cannot change what you are willing to tolerate. You cannot change what you're willing to tolerate. 
And if you're willing to tolerate something, I promise eventually you'll become stuck in that which you tolerate. You'll become stuck. Jesus realizes that he cannot help someone who needs help, only someone who wants help. The question is, do you want to be whole? He asked blind Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? He asked others, why are you afraid? The disciples in the boat in the storm. What's the matter with you guys? Why do you fear the storm? And these questions cause people to be curious. We talked about that last week. These questions cause people to go deeper in their lives. And I want to stand here and ask you the question, do you want to be whole? Do you want the Holy Spirit to change your life? Well, what if Jesus were to say to you, John 5, verse 8 and 9, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. What if Jesus were to say to you, get up, rise up over your problem in your situation. The cage door is open. I want to set you free. I want to let you go. Now, dear ones, it could be hard work for you. Using the illustration again of that couple that I I brought up earlier in their marriage, it's hard work for them. They've lost that love and feeling, and they know it. It would be hard work for them to become spiritually compatible again, romantically compatible again. Servants of each other, living to fulfill the call of God in each other's lives rather than living for themselves in selfishness. Hard work. But man, what a radical, beautiful transformation could be theirs as a married couple if they're willing to say, God, have your way within us. We'll do whatever it takes individually and then together as a couple to see what you want to do with our lives. Or the young person who's given up hope in themselves. They feel such shame in their lives. They've dabbled in drugs or maybe they're addicted to drugs or alcohol. And they don't see any hope. But I know a God who can deliver them and set them free. We've seen it happen time and time again. It's a miracle. But it happens. And it's hard work to walk the straight line, to be clean and sober. A gentleman in our church a few years ago walked up to me on a Sunday. I'll never forget it. And he came up in the parking lot and he said, Pastor Bernie, I have something to tell you and I want to give you a hug. I said, sure, this is pre-COVID, thank God. I mean, he gave me the biggest hug in the world. And he said, today is my 10th year anniversary of being clean and sober. And I can't thank Jesus enough and I can't thank the people at LFC enough. I prayed with him and I celebrated with him. And then he leaned in and he said, everyone told me I'd never make it. On my one year anniversary, some of the people around me who'd gone back into drinking and drug use said, you'll never make it. You'll never. And I looked at them and said, I'm going to make it. And at 10 years, well, That's about three years ago now. And last I saw him, 
He's still clean and sober. And yeah, he had support groups. He went to AA meetings, and all that is great. But he gives all the credit and all the glory to Jesus who helped him pick up his mat and walk. Somebody said to me, I've fallen on my face so many times in the past. When I tried to get up, I'd make a fool of myself. But can I just tell you something? What if the next time you get up is a time that everything's going to click and everything's going to work? What if you got up one time too short? Keep going. Keep allowing God to change you. If this man would have never taken any action, he would have never found out that he was really healed. He had to get up to know that he was healed. See, we are made well by taking action in faith, by trusting God, by stepping out, by saying, Lord, I've had enough of being stuck. I want to get well. What would it be like today if, if you were much like this bird and the power of Jesus could come right where you are and open the cage and set you free. If you've never been saved, you've never given your life to the Lord. That's sozo. He, he wants to save you and set you free. But maybe you've been saved. You've been walking with the Lord. You, you know someday when you take your last breath, you're going to walk into heaven. But he would ask you today, do you want to be hugias? Do you want to be well? You want to be well at the depth of your being. I want to pray with you and for you and ask that Jesus Christ would be your Savior. If he's not yet been your Savior, answer the question, yes, Lord, I want to get well. I want you to make me whole. And how do we get saved? <laughs> it's simple. We believe in the finished work of the cross. Jesus, who died for us, who rose again from the dead, for us, and who offers salvation by faith, not by works. So do you believe today? Will you believe today? How about we just pray this simple prayer? Jesus, you can repeat after me. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. I believe you died on a cross. I believe you died on a cross. And you rose again from the dead. And you rose again from the dead for me, for me. Become my Savior. Become my Savior, and I will follow you, and I will follow you. And for those of you that have known the Lord a long time, I would encourage you today to find out where you're stuck, where your dreams have been bound and not released, where your talents and your time and your treasure has somehow been bound and not surrendered to the Lord, and it's time to give yourself over to him in service, in love, in worship, in adoration, in dedication, and the list goes on. Lord, have your way in me and through me. And that's my prayer for all of you today. Now, I'm going to encourage you, if you gave your life to Christ today, to, to get out your phone and text us, would you? And here's the text. Decide Jesus, all one word, to 94090. Now, this may sound impersonal, but it's not. 
just text the side Jesus to 94090 and we will send you a quick reply and then give us your contact info because we want to celebrate with you. It's been our prayer and the prayer of our entire team that many of you would come to know Christ for the first time and we want to help you. And if this is the day where you're surrendering yourself to the dreams being released in your life, to the fullness of God coming into the power of the Holy Spirit, and for yourself to become whole, you can text us as well, because we want to agree with you and celebrate with you. There's nothing greater than an encounter with Jesus, and our prayer is that you are having one even this day, for he is with you. Do you want to get well? And all God's people said, yes, Lord, we do. Hey, may the Lord richly bless you. Thank you so much for being a part of this service today. And I pray that you'll join us next weekend, but you'll also take some time on Tuesday night. We're in the book of Psalms on live stream and Facebook live at 6 p.m. And until then, may God richly bless you. And remember, he's asking Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be well? And whenever you sense that question from him, say, yes, Lord, here I am. Let's do the work. Let's pick up our mat and walk. And let's be all that Jesus intended for us to be. I love you, everyone. Have a great and glorious day and a wonderful week serving Jesus. See you soon. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.